Hi, and welcome to Finding Your Flow, the podcast. My name is Jen, and I'm your host. I'm inviting you here to intuitively lead and live your most aligned and expansive life. I'm an intuitive business and leadership advisor for heart-centered, impact-driven leaders, entrepreneurs, and businesses. And I'm also a supporter of women's empowerment and animal rescue work. Unlocking flow and supporting you through your next level of growth and transformation is my superpower. I found my own freedom and flow through entrepreneurship over a decade ago. And on this podcast, I'll be sharing stories and insights through the lens of my expertise and my personal experience and through inspiring conversations with my special guests. I'll be helping you navigate your most important asset, your intuition, supporting you in getting unstuck and staying on your most successful and aligned path. I want you to leave with aha moments, deep insights, clarity on your next steps, and more importantly, an inner knowing that where you are right now is perfectly aligned. Life needs you where you're at your best. Hi everyone, it's Jen. I am tuning in from Mexico today to share just how excited I am to share um, the podcast that I recorded with Jack Jendo. So Jack is actually um, a UN colleague of mine. He works um, with human rights. I work um, supporting entrepreneurs in developing countries. And we met through kind of our, our two, let's say, roles coming together in the community that I lead. And um, he's so inspiring to me because he breaks all of the rules of what you know society says we should do. Um, he also just follows his own path. He, he follows his intuition, his gut in every moment. And because of that, he's created beautiful success. And not just success for himself, but a lot of impact um, to the people he serves. He is a mentor and an amazing leader to, to his team. Um, his leadership style and just his whole philosophies and values around um, teams. It's really inspiring. So I can't wait for you to listen. We talk about um, life purpose um, and how to find that through Ikigai, which is a Japanese philosophy that I really love. We talk about leadership. We talk about you know building and, and managing a team in a way that is just heart-centered and that creates a sense of community and family within your business. Um, there's so much good stuff. So I can't wait for you to jump in. Um, enjoy. Uh, as always, please feel free to give us, you know, some insights, feedback, anything that um, you found inspiring, and uh, we'll get right into it. So hi, Jack. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jennifer. Um, I'm I'm really excited about our conversation because um, there's so much that you talk about or just in your ways of doing business that I, that I feel that we don't talk about enough in, in the world of business. And, um, you know, this podcast is all about finding your flow essentially in, in business and in life. And I feel that one of the things that gets in the way of us finding our flow is being too much in our head, which is why mm-hmm. I encourage very much intuitive leadership, because I think that when we tap into intuition and creativity, there we, we just, there's, it's so much easier to just feel like we're in flow in our day-to-day basis. Um, So I would love to start off by talking about Ikigai, because I know that it's a concept that you really love. It's a concept that I discovered a few years ago. Um, And 
I love how it brings together so many pieces of who we are and what the world needs. So can you tell us a little bit about Ikigai for those who don't know about it? And then I have a challenging question about this concept as well. Yeah. So um, technically Ikigai is a tool that was created in, in Japan as, you know, as the definition says. I'm going to talk now about the version that I love to talk about in, in the sessions that, by the way, one hour ago, I was in a session with um, students and graduates and people who are newly in business and trying to find a job. And I had a lot of new ideas. So every time I add something to this Ikigai. Mm. Um, so this tool uh, helps you to find your purpose just by asking a, a couple of questions and mix the answers. So mainly we are focusing or mixing between what we love and what we are good at or what we love and what the world needs or what we love and what we can be paid for and all, all the four um, sides together. From my perspective, and of course, between every two mixes you have, for example, what you're um, good at and what you love is your passion. So this, this is for me, I, I think we don't need a tool to define that, but always tools are great to, to organize our ideas because many people already know their purpose, already know what they love, already know what they are. So it's not that it's some, some, something that you should do, but it's something that helps you to do like any other tool because you see people who are not um, business educated or they are not uh, educated at all, but they are running a business like perfectly, you know? because they know it already. It's like they found it by experience, they found it by someone telling them or whatever. But the tools are there to organize it. So Ikigai is one of the best tools that I love to mention. And I always you know, find people like, wow, shocked about the answers that they got because we don't ask ourselves questions because the way we're educated, we, the way we deal with things in this, um, word in this current word i hope this will be changed very soon it is changing by the way it is we don't dare to ask um any question we think that we dare but we're not asking because we follow the same trend we follow the same uh, we go by the book like book that someone else um you know defined um what how i see ikigai so this tool that define what is your purpose somehow helps you define what is your purpose I love to, um, to make it a bit dynamic and ask myself um, these questions and mix things. So it's not necessarily if something that you love doing um, and something that you're good at to be just checking what is the intersection. You can make that intersection. And for me, I feel that those intersections define you as a unique person in this world. So this can give you the, your purpose and give, give you all the answer, answers that you need, by the way. Because I, I had a question. I, I don't want to get, like, for me, it's mixing what's human with technology is something big for me. I'm from very few people. I don't know anyone else in the United Nations working with technology and trying to integrate it with human rights and sustainable goals. And at the same time, I didn't see anyone in business trying to integrate human rights. So I was that person to do that in my environment, at least. Uh, but I, I had a, an interesting question from a, uh, someone who is going to the university very soon. And he told me that 
Okay, Jack, since you're in technology, I have a very uh, um, uh, critical question that I ask myself every day. I love engineering and architecture and you know all this stuff, and I will be going to do that traditional um, you know, career. Yeah. Um, I told him, why did you say traditional? He said that it is traditional and old. I feel like I'm doing something dinosaurs used to do. <laughs> so I told him, why, why are you saying that? He said that everything is, is technology now. And uh, it's not about this stuff. So maybe technology will be doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I told him one thing that, you know, um, from a career perspective, um, if we're going all to be in the technology field, then no one will be doing food and clothes anymore. No, no one will be doing all this stuff. But we, we still have to do this. Even if we go to the metaverse, we still have to do all of this stuff. And it will be um, a very, you know, rare um, um, uh, maybe opportunities or skills or careers. So it will work more. It will be the trend by that time. It will be like the thing that everyone should be doing. So um, simply, my answer was: you can do you can do what you love, and if you feel that technology is, you know, disrupting you, try to integrate it. Try to stay close to technology. Try to integrate what you love with technology, because technology is not a career. It's not a one-job thing. It's a lifestyle in your business. It's a set of tools. It's a mindset. It's whatever. So I think an ikigai, you can mix all these stuff because you can be good at something but you love doing something else, but you can mix it together. So yeah, we, we don't have to limit ourselves to one thing. We have to do whatever we can because our mind has full power, has no limits, you know, and we, we shouldn't like be putting those limits and barriers to in our minds. Yeah, I think, you know, we, we tend to feel like we have to choose just one aspect of ourselves and just follow that thing. And this is one of the things that um, inspired me so much about uh, ever since we've talked really is how you bring together so many different passions in your work, you know, and you merge things together in a way that that creates this unique path of yours. You know, often when I hear about um, things like Ikigai, I always think like, why are we not taught this in school? If, If I would have had a course in school that would have taught me these kind of concepts, I would have been such a better human being so much faster because I struggled and I had anxiety and I felt so lost, you know, for the first part of my life because it just kept, I kept feeling like I don't fit anywhere because because of these traditional models that were taught. Um, And I also love what you said about like, not necessarily needing an education to become a successful entrepreneur. And one person that we often talk about in common is Richard Branson. He's a perfect example of this because he actually had dyslexia. He struggled in school. He couldn't, he, he actually dropped out of high school and became an entrepreneur really quickly. So um, yeah, I think it's really important to remember that we can find our path and find our flow by bringing in all of these pieces together. And I read a lot about this Ikigai concept. I read uh, the book and they were actually saying that, um, I can't remember the name of the town, but there's one town in Japan where people live the longest and they are actually practicing, like implementing Ikigai. So they just keep doing what they love and what is serving others at the same time. So it's really interesting. Okay, the challenging turn on this, because I see a lot of people struggling with this also. Mm -hmm. 
sometimes we get caught up in then having to fulfill this perfect, perfect purpose or this perfect path or, and then we get, we get too caught up in, in overthinking like, oh, is this thing that I'm doing really part of my purpose? Is this really part of my genius? Is this really in my passion? And then we kind of overthink all of it and then get stuck. So how have you been able to navigate um, finding this kind of your zone, I would say, without letting it get in the way of you moving forward and experiencing great things on your business journey? I wouldn't say it's it's an easy thing, but it's interesting um, journey. It's an interesting journey. I, I think it would be different if someone told me many things before, you know, uh, um, just asked me questions, don't give me information. If we just find the right questions at the right time, I think it would be different. But again, it's always interesting. Like for me, it's still interesting. I wouldn't say it was that easy. It was that clear. It was that... Um, it's always up, up, ups and downs. You have a lot of doubts. Um, and it's, I don't know when and how is, where, when is the exact time where I defined this, the sentence that I said before is mixing technology and human rights, which is one of the two fields. But I really can, I can really remember that few months before or few, few years maybe uh, back, I still remember that I was confused. It, was, it wasn't like that far. It's very a new thing that I can feel very convinced that this is my purpose or this is something that, so it's, it's not easy. And that's after 12, maybe 15 years of business. It's not a, uh, you know, it's a very, not a very uh, short time. It's a very long time. But um, I believe that the more we ask ourselves questions for every field, uh, we can find answers. It's not just about answers. No one will give you answers. And by the way, this is one trick that we keep asking questions for people and not for ourselves. So we are waiting, I don't know, we, we're waiting, we are always waiting for people to tell us what to do and what decision we have to take. Um, so I, I never had these answers, by the way, from people. I get advices maybe, I get um, um, things that won't be working, but at least you get something to test your your field or whatever you're doing. But I asked many people and maybe my colleagues in the United Nations, my superiors in the United Nations um, about, you know, what should I be doing if I'm in technology, I'm in business, I'm in entrepreneurship, and I feel that human rights is about economy. And I'm at the United Nations working with a, a non-traditional contract just because I cannot fit in a bureaucratic uh, structure, but I do believe that there are many people in the UN, although it's bureaucratic, who are hungry for change. Um, and I cannot see um, similar maybe passion for change in the business field, because in business we just care about profit and innovation and blah, blah, blah. So I think that to find that um, instead of finding the answer, you have to be the answer. So you have to fill the gap. So for me, it was the purpose. Uh, my purpose was me filling a specific gap that I can see whenever I ask someone a question. And by the way, this most of the successful startups and entrepreneurship initiatives um, uh, succeeded because they were filling a gap. And sometimes the more the gap is big, the more you put yourself in that gap, 
um, your business would be more successful. Um, I believe that um, sometimes we get really busy in one of the circles of Ikigai. So what can you be paid for? So you keep digging and digging in the same field and trying to make your competition, you know, your competition is very, um, it becomes very strong because you're going more and more trying to fight that competition. You don't think like standing out from that competition, going to another circle from Ikigai would make uh, more opportunities. So for example, if I'm very good at something because I, it's my job, I'm very good at designing stuff, but I'm still designing for designers or designing for companies that, you know, doesn't really appreciate your work. It's just a work that you're doing. Or if you go to something that the world needs, for example, and join a, I don't know, a global movement and try to provide your design skills there, that, that would make more sense and that would make more impact and that would make maybe more opportunities. So the thing is that you more you get involved in all your fields, you more you get closer, you, the more you get professional in your field, the more you get uh, great at your skills, you, the, the more you do volunteering, you, the, the more you get um, closer to your cause, uh, meet more people, you, the more you help yourself find your purpose. And it's not necessarily you find it in years or in months or in days, maybe, maybe some people, I met people like at 60s mm. uh, um, trying to find their purpose. And it's amazing, you know, it's amazing. And it's never too late because if you live one year of the rest of your life uh, knowing your purpose, it would, it's, it's worth it, you know, it's worth it. It's like, you know, because by that time, it's like you're feeling all the, all your body and mind, like just flowing, you know, you don't remember what, what was the situation before. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that, that's why it's, it's really important to make this, as you, as you said, to make it like during school or mm -hmm. at least to ask the question, maybe during school, you don't really care about your career as much as you care when you're, you know, you want to pay the bills and I don't know, make, make your life. But it's very important because not for business, even for yourself, you know, you will uh, talk differently to people. You will be different with your family. You will be different with your environment. Um, yeah, maybe you can change school or stay at your school, but you will take it more seriously. Yeah. And you'll be happy. The most important thing to be happy, not to have the stress of struggling with what do I have to do? Yeah. So I think that's really important because when we're not happy in what we're doing, we become resentful and that has an impact on the, our success inevitably. I love the idea of asking questions for so many reasons. First of all, I think that like that should be part of curriculums in school, like asking kids more questions, because when you're just receiving information without having to even question anything or get curious about anything, it, the information is very flat. And also, I love the idea of asking questions because I think our purpose evolves as, as we get older, like you said. And so we can keep, if we keep staying open to like the exploration of it, then we can mm -hmm. keep discovering deeper and deeper layers of ourselves. And then we don't become like this static human being moving through our life, you know, we're evolving as we go. And um, it's funny because I actually got an insight this morning for me and my business. And I, and I realized that based on what you're saying with Ikigai and, and like moving between those circles, you know, I realized this morning, because I often create these rules in my head about, oh, well, 
I'm at this point in my business, so I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And I'm in this part of my business and I shouldn't be doing that anymore. And I create all these rigid rules. And what I realized this morning, because someone, uh, a past client approached me to ask me to do something for her that I had created a rule around that I don't do anymore. I don't do that anymore because that's not where I'm at in my business anymore. And I actually got really excited about doing this work for her. And I realized that it wasn't so much about the task. It depends, like you say, but because I love this client so much, I love working with her. I love supporting her. The actual thing that she was asking me to do felt exciting. So I think when we remove the rigidity around like having to be going in this like straight line all the time, and we just allow ourselves to flow with what's exciting in every moment, we can experience one more success more fulfillment, more joy. Um, and yeah, and I, and I wanted to dive into this because I know that um, we've spoken already about how like you don't follow rules. You actually really follow your own way of doing things. And um, I'd love to hear more about that and your, your, just your philosophy around, um, how I would say, breaking new ground by, by doing things in a way that makes sense to you, instead of doing things in a, like following a trend, because this is what happens a lot in businesses. Like we, this trend, we see this trend and then everybody flocks towards that trend. And I love your story about before the guy that was asking you that question of like, well, great, everyone's flocking that way. There's all this space now in this potential to take care of this area. Mm -hmm. So how has, um, breaking the rules and doing things your way impacted your business and your journey? Well, by that time, I felt that it's, it's the only um, option to me. For now, I knew that the, now I know that there were many options, but it was the most um, clear option to me. And because I wanted to do it this way, I didn't see any other option, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, now in my trainings, I always say that you have a lot of options. If you don't have, you can create one, but whenever you know what you're doing, um, not, you know, what, what you're doing, you know, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, your purpose, you know, what, where are you going, uh, next would be amazing because no matter what the option is, what the role, what the rule, or maybe the road that, you, that you're following would be as long as it's taking you to the to the next result or to the next goal it is fine to you mm. and this is why in everything by the way in relationships in uh teamworks whenever you know that there is a goal that we need to reach you don't care about the you know the way and the struggles that you have and the communication conflict that you have you just don't care about that and you don't make it like dramatic and just focus on it and this is in conflict management by the way very important um and this was very important to me because to be honest i am not coming from an a school that um taught me all this stuff it was it, it taught me the opposite you know it taught me that i have to follow this uh, the, the team members to make the fingerprints in the morning and you know in the university we took all this traditional stuff that makes the this toxic environment available mm. and um you know the doctors at the university who used to ask us if you need to get a job you need to work hard and whatever and then when we are on a side talk they tell us if you need any you know uh connection to get a job please call me 
why, why would you tell me in the you know in the class or in the session this and on the side talk you tell me another thing yeah. um so yeah all this stuff were assigned to me that what is being done is so wrong and i need to have my own rules and by the way if i if you ask me what are those rules i i wouldn't know how to explain it and yeah. what did i do exactly i don't wanna you know i don't like to give that impression that uh, yeah, I was so confident doing all this stuff. I was confident about one thing that I need to keep moving on because next is coming and I need to be there. But yeah, it's fine if you're not confident. It's fine if you don't know what you are doing currently. But it's really important to know yeah, that no matter what happened, you will reach that goal. And during the journey, you might find new goals to do. It's nothing is static. You know, as I, I always say, our bodies are in, you know, um, could, like unlimited, um, uh, vibrant energy that is always moving. The word is like that. Yeah. So there is no static. You know, the word static is 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 not is not available in the in, in, in any business. I believe some businesses might show you that yeah, the static, the goals, the strategy, the points we should follow. But again, again, a few years later, you will realize that this business is struggling, and you can see that with many big businesses who are going to make, I don't know, corrupt or any um, illegal ways to survive uh, yeah. after, especially after the pandemic, because the economic crisis is severe in, in all the countries. Um, and they realized that, yeah, they were wrong, but they, won't, they don't want to admit it. Um, yeah, so yeah. I'm, it's, this is even making me um, challenge the idea of even creating stability in a business, because essentially, I, I actually think that stability is very similar to things, something being static, even if you think about financial stability, because stability means that like things are the same, right? It just, it just keeps moving the same way. Um, and I actually don't, I, I think that we work really hard sometimes in creating all of this stability in a business. And that takes away from um, creativity, uh, more flow, even when you think about it, money needs to be moving in and out. It's not meant to be like this stagnant stable thing all the time so um yeah I really I really love that yeah and I yeah. I love what you said also about like the idea of not being confident all the time I think that actually in order for us to know that we're going in the right, right direction is when we're uncomfortable and not confident because we're stretching ourselves and that means that we're pushing for something outside of our comfort zone and I feel like that's when the magic happens yeah, true, true. And by the way, this is when I realized that personal leadership, it's that concept that it's already there, but it's not very famous. I tried to make, again, my own version, because I feel that all the team members should have this personal leadership concept and have, have those skills of personal leadership to know how to lead their own, um, you know, life, work, tasks, whatever it is. You, gave, you give them that common sense. And whenever they have this, they won't ask you in your enterprise, no matter how big it is, or ask their, I don't know, um, leader and their team leader or whatever, uh, what's next? Why are we doing this? You know, because they should understand why are we doing this? And if I change the whole strategy in, within two days, then they would already understand because they would do the same. 
because yeah. if we stay where we are now uh, just because we want to maintain stability that's a suicide in, in business it's not it's not a suicide today but it would be suicide in future yeah and yeah my challenge actually now is to make sure that no matter how the business goes I have to keep the same values because it's the right thing to do. And by the way, today I was discussing this with one of the investors coming to, um, um, actually it was one of my businesses, but they are, they are you know, willing to go to all the businesses, which is raise, raising now the question again, do I have to, like, will I have to um, leave some values because of those investors? They have to understand the same journey so I've been postponing this for one year just because of the values, you know, just because of these values. I, I wouldn't, although they said that they said many times that it's your decision. We want to do it your way. We are coming to this business because it's your way. But again, you know, I'm afraid because everything I did, like 80% of what I did, I wasn't so sure that uh, logically or on papers, it is the right thing to do. But I felt it that way and it helped me so much but i couldn't explain it you know i i cannot explain it it's yeah. something that you feel and that you think not one of them yes well that's i mean i love that you said that because this is what i this is what i teach and work for all the time is that's intuitive leadership that's it's not logical it doesn't make sense sometimes it actually looks like a huge risk but you can feel it in your body that that is the thing that needs to happen so, um, and that's so important. And I think that there's a lot of exhausted, burnt out um, business owners because they're just, they're leading from their head, from their left brain all the time. And that causes stagnation, hitting the same wall all the time, the same recurring problems all the time. <clears throat> and it's scary to take a leap from something you feel in your body. It's like, well, that, you know, but, but that yeah. I feel like those are the best decisions always. And I think, you know, based on what you were saying, the fear that you have with the investors, there's something in that, that I almost feel like the reason they respect you so much is because you are so honorable towards your values. And that is, if there's one thing that needs to be stable in a business is that is your core values. Like that has to be the consistency throughout everything. And I agree also with what you're saying about our, like our purpose is like kind of the, the bigger vision that we have, but the how or the what, it doesn't really matter. And this is where we get caught up a lot. I know this is where I get caught up a lot in businesses, like the how and the what, the how and the what, well, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? And it's, I, I forget to look at it from the perspective of like, well, is this going in the direction of my purpose or my mission or the impact I wanna create? Because at the end of the day, the vehicle that you use doesn't really matter as long as you're going in that right direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Um, I also think that when it comes to um, personal leadership, one of the, because I do a lot of like leadership development in, in businesses. And one of the things that I noticed in teams that, that lack self-leadership, that lack like stepping into their own, I like to call them entrepreneurs. So like they have an entrepreneurial mind, but they're working within a business. Um, those who have a lot of self-leadership and are able to just like take the reins and go usually work in an environment where like mistakes are allowed. It's fine 
for things to not be done perfectly, you know? Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on leadership. And cause I know you have a really beautiful way of managing your own team. I told you last time, I wish I would have found you like 20 years ago when I was suffering in all of my jobs and struggling in all of my jobs. But um, tell us a little bit about the culture within, well, your business is because you have four now. Is it four now? We yeah, got- it's actually three, three businesses. The fourth is an automated business that is selling um, cloud hosting automatically. Right, the brand It doesn't have the team, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, so um, talking about the culture, actually bringing all the, you know, um, many cultures in terms of regions or fields uh, has helped me very much. Like if I'm working with an organization in the States, um, in, for example, technology, it, it gave me something. And then when I'm working within my team at the United Nations, it gave me another thing. So what I try to do is to bring all these stuff to the team that is you know, closer to me, which is the team that is working in my, my um, uh, business. And what is you know, beautiful in that is that you don't need to follow up with people because I always have this question from people, clients, investors, how do you follow up if you're not, especially now after we're working fully remotely, yeah. we just need to have fun. We just need to have gatherings. Um, and it's not like we have to meet because we have to meet. It's never like this. It's always uh, based on a purpose. Uh, that's the beautiful thing of doing this, you know, um, positive, I don't know what's, 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 what's the real name of this spirit and environment, but I do know that you don't need to follow up um, about the tasks. Everyone is doing their, their job, following their tasks, even if they maybe someone has a problem in a specific day. And then the other day you see that they are working, you know, 20 hours just because they have to deliver things. Yeah. And this is, you know, uh, scary for many, for almost all the businesses. You I know? feel like nervous just hearing that. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's yeah, it, it is actually struggling. It was struggling in the beginning to me and for the team that you know the seniors that are in my team, and, you know, in the beginning be, before explaining that to the whole team, before showing what what will be happening next, it was scary for everyone, and they were looking at me like, "What are you doing? Are you, it's that's a suicide." <laughs> Especially after going fully remotely with all the crisis in Lebanon and the pandemic after and the blast. And, you know, we had a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to do the same thing, that would be dangerous to me. That, that's the dangerous thing, to do the same traditional way in a very unusual situation that people would, you know, some people might make a suicide just because they don't, they have stress because of all of this, all what's happening in the environment. And again, you gave them the stress of the work. So that's too much. Yeah. And what is the productivity rate, you know, when you're, when you're talking about putting more stress on the team? Yeah. We keep saying that, by the way, in the trainings, we keep saying that, learning that, I don't know, but we don't implement it the right way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what's, what's the definition of stress? Um, we do training for the team based on our convenience. 
we give tasks to the team based on our convenience. I mean, our as, I don't know, leader, boss, whatever it is in the business. But then um, the beauty was when the seniors, and my, by seniors, I mean the project managers that have been for long with Beirut N and Brain Digits or whatever, um, they were very happy, you know, I mean, even them were, they, they were different. It wasn't just because it was it wasn't just with the new team members or whoever is joining late or whoever who was working in a traditional way and then um you know so um it was so different they were like telling me like this is magic this is amazing we we wouldn't like we, we couldn't see that before and uh, we still cannot believe that this is happening but it's amazing like we don't want to go back to office and they were the people who were really you know pushing to go back to the office um and i told them it's not about the office we can have a cozy space and have a it's not about the office but the idea that you have to do something just because you have there's yeah. no logical way behind it because doing your work at home is the same unless you're you're struggling with it then yes you can go to the office office is open anytime you need so this this was the difference i believe to give um, people, the personal or self-leadership uh, to know what they have to do and at the same time to give them the option to choose. You know, now everyone is asking back, okay, let's do more meetings, let's go hybrid, you know, so it's, 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 not, it's, not, uh, it's not related to uh, what the rules we set and what the, the clear path we set. Um, and yeah, not to mention that uh, some people might not fit in such environment uh, easily, you know, uh, some people just left because they were more, um, they don't care about the productivity, they just care about the working hours, the pay, they don't care about getting more uh, skills, they don't care about their experience, they just, they are trained to do, unfortunately, it's the toxic way of, you know, teaching people this way, but I believe that later, like, sooner or later they will realize that they they are stuck somewhere and that that's 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 uh sad because they were trained this way you know trained to go to the nine five job and just getting the salary getting that five percent raise um by the way now we're planning to um to see whenever someone has a new project within the team if they are you know well experienced and they are ready to do maybe a project we do it in partnership. Uh, so they are not, you know, just employees. Um, because for me, the term employee is a bit, you know, uh, limiting yeah. the people. And we were dealing with people, whether it's an employee, is an intern, is an, I don't know, senior. Um, they are people, they have ambitions, they have skills, they have other hobbies. So we are not getting benefit of all the, what the human being can be. Yeah. I agree. And I think I love what you said. I think the word employee actually disempowers people on teams because it's like, just wait and be told what to do. And we were talking about this the other day about how, like when everything went um, virtual, how like businesses were panicking and like spying on their employees to make sure that they were doing their work properly. And I actually think that these rigid um, environments or cultures in business I think that is what creates procrastination in people's work and laziness in people's work and disengagement. And 
it's amazing that you talk about like asking your team what they need and what they want, because essentially if they get to, if they get to work in a reality that brings them joy and that they love and that's fulfilling their motivation and engagement in, in the work is, is going to be organic and natural. Just like I, I'm kind of switching topics here again, but how you talk about, you know, profit being not the main focus of what you do, but it, it just becomes a natural thing that happens because you're not, putting the pressure on that thing, just like you're not putting the pressure on the employees, you know, and just telling them what to do. It's, it comes back. This is such a, a classic example, but um, that quote that says, um, the teach a man a fish. I can't remember how it goes, but it's like, don't go, don't feed a man a fish, but teach him how to fish instead, you know? And I think it's, it's the same thing in business with our teams. And um it also allows the business owner to be able to step back and go do more of the business development stuff or the higher impact stuff, right? Because you know that you can trust your team and they're on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think that um, it's very important to know that someday in the future we will realize, like everyone can realize that this was the, the wrong or the mistakes that we were doing. The yeah. difference is that some people just realized that earlier. Same thing goes for many, many, many values that we had like hundreds of years ago. And now we say that this is, this is very logical, but it wasn't logical by that time. Yeah. Uh, you can see slavery, by the way. Uh, slavery was logical for many people by that time. It was, yeah, it's a slave, so what? But now it's a it's a, it's a crime. Yeah. So um, I believe that few years or maybe hundreds of years of or tens of years later, I think I think things are going faster than before. So it could be like few years later, everyone, all the businesses, all the leaders will realize that you know the employee status is 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 the wrong way of 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 doing business. Yeah. I'm curious, um, two things. The first is, um, what are some things that just like drive you crazy when you look at the business world? Things that are being done that um, you would love to see change or be innovated? Are there things that you just, that almost painful for you to see? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, 12 years ago, I saw something like very painful and for now I see many things by the way because I deal with the, a lot of traditional businesses trying to do the digital transformation and the governance and all this critical thinking but I can still say that the painful thing that I can see is still the same how businesses are dealing with their humans hmm. it was the same uh, actually reason why I started the business because I saw that boss calling my colleague who were in the hospital um, delivering her baby like the next day like the second day he was calling and saying that job is not going well without you and you know you have to go back to work it was the second day in the hospital that was so unhuman and it was illegal and it was and he had the right to just take that phone and it was in front of me so I told him that you cannot do that um she's suffering in the hospital she had a surgery yeah. uh, and he was like 
yeah, but you know, I know that and it's sad and whatever, but you know, I'm just saying, I told him it's not just that you're saying, you're putting a lot of stress on someone that has the right to take, it was 40 days by that time in Lebanon, you can take 40 days uh, for leave. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's still struggling to me to see that. And knowing that that boss, even now, when I see new, even new from the new generation um, going like the bossy style, um, still doing the same. And they think that this is the only way to manage people. Mm. You know, and I can hear it, you know, my uh, many of the consultants that I know keep telling me this. They tell me, they, they keep telling me that, you know, what you're doing at your job, at your business will be um, killing your business very soon. Mm. Uh, and I see them, how they are dealing with their businesses. And I, I can see that it's very toxic, but they so believe that this is the only way and this is the right way to do business because employees should be under stress, because employees should be under rules, because, you know, all this stuff. So when I ask why it should be that way, why do you say it has or it, mm. they have to be or whatever? Because just someone else told you that and you, you couldn't dare to try anything else. Yeah. Um, so I tried to bring more examples from my team, you know, to tell them that. And they were like, just, you know, they, they, they try, they, they disappear. They just try to think about something else because they, um, at the end, um, many people love having this spirit, but it's hard to be done because they need a lot of skills. And to be honest, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done this uh, many years, maybe three, four years ago, because I, I didn't have the right experience and that I didn't ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. I maybe I wanted, I knew that there's something wrong, but I didn't dare maybe 10 years ago to just, you know, do everything that I know now. Yeah. So it's training, it's skills, it's experience. It's many, many, many stuff that we need. We really need to go beyond our borders, go out outside the box and like literally going out of the box and, and do things separately. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the reasons why um, leaders and, and people in those positions resist trying those things is because one, it would require them to step into a whole other level of leadership themselves. So it's the easy way. Just staying with the, the old ways of doing things is the easy way. And yeah. also when we, last time we spoke about hierarchy and how like you, you hated hierarchy, I think there's a lot of fear around um, creating that kind of culture in a business because then the leaders probably feel like they're losing power or they're losing their hierarchy a little bit. Um, and I know that that's something that's um, really important for you to not have in your culture. Yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I, I got this at the scouts. Yeah. Um, it was the difference that I saw between my team or my way of leading the team because I was a very um, strict leader at the scouts. But at the same time, people were having fun because they were always winning the competitions and getting more skills. And I, I wasn't like, you know, I was strict just because of um, we were committed but again, uh, I hope, I wish that, you know, that I had this flexibility that I have today with maintaining the seriousness of, of um, doing, it, it's not like you have to be strict with people 
if you are serious. You can be serious and you can be fun and you can be all of this stuff together. But again, during Scouts, it was amazing because we were always winning at the same time, always having fun. At the same time, um, we were getting more skills. And I can see all the people. Now I have, by the way, one of my, my uh, team members at Scouts. He's still until now with me and many teams and NGOs. And he always remember all the stuff that we used to do. He said just we were doing it like in a smaller scale. Now we're doing it on a bigger scale with the same spirit. It's amazing, you know? So that's why I, I keep telling people, you know, go and do volunteer, do team building, scouts, whatever you can get. Because those are great skills that you cannot find at the university or at school. Unfortunately, they are not teaching us this but yeah, it's 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 amazing, you know. Be um, yeah, it's it's really amazing. You feel that you you have that purpose, you know. It's 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 yeah. really a purpose that you can find. Yeah, I love how it. I love how you you saw that you were already embodying that purpose even when you were in the scouts. And I think that's really when we're looking for our purpose or what we're supposed to be doing. I often tell people this. Think about when you were like really young and what were you doing naturally, you know. And if we go back and think about what we were doing naturally as a child it's often a reflection of what we're kind of doing now and if we just go back to that essence that energy that we were in as a child and bring mm -hmm. that into today if we just follow that I, I think inevitably we'll be kind of honoring our purpose oh yeah um okay i want to end with um I want to end with this because there's so many examples of how you lead and do business that I think are incredible. And I would love to get you to tell us about all of them. But this one in particular really stood out to me when you told me, um, because I want people to kind of get an example of how they can be just really creative and resourceful in their business and uh, create what they need in a way that makes sense to them. So tell us about the recent HR person that you hired and the app, the um, job description that you put out and her role in the, it's a, yes, her role in the business. Yeah. Uh, just, just walk us through that a little bit because that story was like mind blowing to me. Yeah, actually I was, I was wondering how can I help the team? And I was trying to look, I always go on Google and try to see what other people are doing and ask other people. So the only answer I got was you have to get an HR. And when I looked at the job description of an HR is not what I want from that, you know, character or person or role to do. Um, so yeah, I was thinking and I asked all the team and they said that why, why do we need an HR? We're a small team. We don't need like that big management. We're all already managing all things. I mean, in the communication and the management of the team, it's all, automated on the systems and uh, our communication is great. We don't have the toxic environment. We don't need someone to, you know, um, and we're all empowering each other, giving training to each other. Um, you are empowering us with all the sessions. So why do we need an HR? So I said, let's do something new. Let's call it HR hero because he or she will be bringing something that is doesn't exist yet. And uh, the questions that I said in the interview was actually a um, was actually um, not traditional questions that you ask for an HR, and we focused more on the team building and stuff that they used to do to have fun. Um, so these were the questions, and it was like a conversation. And we had like I had 
maybe four meetings with that HR hero because we before we bring them bring her to the team because it was important we don't we didn't want someone to be like managing the team yeah. we want everyone to manage their own task their own life their own job um, so I wanted someone to think out of the box and yeah uh, we found her because you know she didn't work at HR by the way she get she got HR at the university. Uh, she was HR graduated and she was working as an uh, administrative, administrative assistant at the university. And then where the magic started because at the university, you already start, you know, seeing all the toxic uh, maybe environment from your since your education. And then she wanted to change this. And we didn't say anything about what we were planning to do or whatever. So we ask the questions in a way that she wants to answer to the problems. And it was great because again, she had to handle and self-lead her, her um, you know, mission. Um, so it was amazing because we started getting inspirational quotes in our team, teams, groups, and questions that are really critical. Although sometimes these questions might are endangered for the business or hierarchy, as you said, because people feel uncomfortable. And for me, for example, as someone who is trying to lead the business, sometimes some people might, uh, from a question, they might decide to start their own business. They want to leave your business. So they, she asked me this just to know what do I think, because she wanted to know if I have borders for this, if I really want her to think out, outside the box. So I told her, I prefer to have a friend outside the company who is enjoying her or his business instead of having a team member who is struggling every day, but he or she doesn't know why she's struggling um, because she's, she's in another company doing, accomplishing another person's dream. And at the end, sooner or later, that team member will be leaving uh, because of other reasons. You know, yeah. I believe that our mind, our body, anything, we have signs, you know, some people got sick, some people got cancer. I believe that it's all connected. So this is why um, that position was very important to me. We started doing gathering. I mean, it was like something we dream of to do all these stuff, to do the games, to do the challenges, to do the fun, the, all these stuff. And by the way, we provided a mental health coach. So whenever someone wants to book one, it's, it's always uh, ready. And that mental health coach, she, she was a friend. And at the same time, she told me, I mean, I met her in one of the sessions because I did many mental health coach sessions myself. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go deeper in that. So she told me it's really amazing. Uh, and I would love to do that. I don't want to get paid. I just want to get involved in this experience because I never heard about the business bringing a mental health coach and doing this for the, for the team. So yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience and we're looking forward to do more than that. Yeah. I want to highlight two really amazing things in this story. Um, one is how um, you, you are investing in the growth of your people, even though you know that it's possible that they might, that might open them up to do something bigger for themselves after. And I think one thing that happens often in, in businesses or in companies is that people um, try to keep their people small. Like there's a suppression that happens, you know, to keep everybody under control and make sure that, you know, nothing, that stability thing. So I love that you invest in your people. Um, and my God, mental health, like everybody needs that support now. And the other thing that I want to highlight that I love is how 
um, you brought on an HR person, not to like control or manage the team or fix anything, but just to bring more joy and pleasure and personal growth to an inspiration to your people. Um, it's, it's like, it's such a simple concept that, that I don't understand why it's not being implemented more. It's like, if you have a garden, if you water it, it's going to grow, right? Yeah, exactly. so if a team, if, you know, if you, if you nurture them and, and nourish them, they're going to grow. Yes. Some might end up like going off on their own path, but I think it impacts, um, the growth of everybody on a positive note. So, Yeah. I love that. Um, so I think um, I would love to do just before we tie up, if there's anything else that you just feel that you want to share or say or leave people with as a thought. Yeah, I would love to emphasize again on the on the fact that we are we have to accept that we're constantly changing every day, every night. So we have to keep asking questions and looking for answers every day. Don't be afraid because really amazing things can be can happen when you do that. And unfortunately, unfortunately, many people don't have that maybe uh, chance to do maybe at the school, university as ourselves. And some people might need the lifetime to do that uh, just because we don't ask the right questions. We don't ask questions. You know, we don't question ourselves. Uh, quite enough um, and yeah especially for younger people who are still at the university or at school it's really important to do that it's it's a job it's a, it's a mission or it's a task that we have to do every day because amazing things happen when when we do that on on daily basis I wish we have more time maybe to learn more stuff now but um, yeah we I think that that this is the most important thing and yeah, enjoy it because it's um, it's an amazing journey with all the failures and successes. It is. And the failures are actually what make, I think, the journey the most exciting. So mm -hmm. I love that. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. It was really nice having you again. I always love um, chatting with you and just hearing your whole philosophy around business and leadership and life in general. Um, I will, um, I know you have several companies so in the show notes i'll put all of the links um, so people can go find you they want to learn more about what you're doing and um yeah i look forward to many more inspiring conversations together so thank you so thank much. you so much jennifer it was really interesting and always inspiring to me talking about these topics emphasizing um these points and yeah looking forward to have more talks together yeah me too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for spending time with me here today. I want to leave you with this little bit of wisdom. The actions you're not willing to take or the decisions you're not willing to make are the ones that will change your life. Trust your intuition, take the leaps, follow what you know to be true, even if it's not always easy or convenient. Your words mean the world to me. So if you have a moment, please share them by leaving a review of the podcast or sending me a testimonial. And I would love if you would share this episode wherever you feel called to. If you want to connect with me, you can find me over at jenniferjaneyoung.com or on Instagram at jennifer.jane.young.com.